Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. All right, all right, all right. You guys take a seat. Thanks for standing up and greeting each other and being nice to each other. Appreciate that. Uh, I like these services because that's really fun just to like, uh, by the way, I just like come up and act like a kid just a little bit, uh, those kind of things. So, uh, hey, again, my name is Matt Poorman. I'm a lead pastor. Glad you're here this morning. Uh, we are actually going to jump right into our teaching today. The kids had their teaching. Now they're going to go have some fun in their classes. We're going to jump into our teaching. So if you would uh, t- you'd like to grab a Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 2, that's where we're going to land today. Philippians 2. If you have a paper Bible uh, with you, you can turn there. Or if you want to use a paper Bible, there are paper Bibles spread throughout the auditorium, about every other seat or so you can grab one of those if you'd like. Or you can go to sermons.church on a browser on your device and search Cornerstone Church and uh, all the scriptures, fill in the blanks. Those are interactive message notes for you can actually email them to yourself, all those kind of things uh, later, all right? And to get us started today, I want to begin by taking us back to the 90s. Now, how many of you guys were 90s teenagers like me? Anybody now? Okay, good. All right, a couple of you in the room. Figured there'd be some of us. And so here's, here's why I want to take us back to the 90s, because if you don't know, if you haven't caught, some of you might not be aware that 90s fashion is coming back in style, right? Like these right here. These are back in style. Stonewashed jeans. I had those when I was like in eighth grade, okay? Uh, and this is the thing that I really don't understand that's really uh, coming back now. Are these mom jeans? Like, you can actually Google now how to wear the mom jean right these days. And I, so I don't get it. Women, if you're doing it, God bless you. I don't understand it. Those kind of things. And so I figured if 90s fashion is coming back, then I could bring up something from the 90s this morning as well. All right. And so here's where we're going to start this morning. I, I want to know if some of you, how many of you have ever heard this phrase? All that and a bag of chips. Right? Like, he thinks he's all that in a bag of chips, right? Now, I actually found out this week that uh, that actually comes from a Subway commercial. Uh, if you were back in the 90s, if you remember from back then, you, you got a sub, all that, and a bag of chips. I know, it's right? But so it actually started off a Subway commercial, uh, but better became known as uh, 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 for someone who has, right, a, a lofty uh, personal opinion of themselves, they think they all that in a bag of chips, right? How many of you have ever said that phrase? I have said, my mom says that phrase, man. And I was a teenager back then, so way to go. My mom is hip, y'all, right? She's hip. All right. Uh, and so that, this does have a point this morning besides just saying I don't get 90s fashion. I don't know why we uh, rolled our jeans and all that kind of stuff, whatever. God bless you teenagers that are doing all that stuff. All right, this does have a point. And, and the point is this, is that I start with that today to talk about the all that and a bag of chips thing because what our topic this morning, you may have already guessed where we're going, is we're going to talk about pride today. We're going to talk about pride today. Those places where, I'm just going to be upfront with you, the, the reality is as though we may have used the phrase, all that in a bag of chips to describe someone else, the truth is we all have some of that in us, right? It's not just me, right? I mean, I'm pretty good looking, but you know what I'm saying, right? Right? We all have some of this in us. And so we're, we're going to talk about this today. Uh, and, and I know that like, likely uh, we, we all know, we all know this, we all know that pride is not a great thing, uh, but also know that it can be easy to do, right? 
We know it's not a great thing, but it can be easy to do. Uh, being prideful can be an easy trap to fall into. Let's be really real, right? Let's be real this morning. Uh, isn't that kind of the whole point of social media right now? Right? For us to showcase our lives, post our lives, what we do, what we experience, our new clothes, our new tech, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? I mean, just the selfies alone. We could talk about the level of pride that we see in our culture. Walking around prideful can be an easy trap. And actually, what we're going to see today, and, and again, this is not like, I'm not giving you the hallelujah course in the midst of this. And like, I'm not going to tell you anything new, but I think it's something good to focus on, right? This is actually something pride um, that God does not desire for your life or my life. Let's take a look at a couple of scriptures. James chapter four, verse six. It says, this is a tough verse. It says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes pride. Isaiah chapter two in the Old Testament. I love that we see some of this in the New Testament and the Old Testament, right? Isaiah chapter two says, the eyes of the arrogant will be humbled and the human pride brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted and they will be humbled. The arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. And then lastly, Proverbs 16, 18 it says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So, and again, this is not new to many of you, I know, but the, the truth is, is that God does not desire pride to be part of our life. He actually desires for us to avoid it as often as we can. This last verse even alludes to the fact that so much so to avoid it so that we ultimately avoid some levels of destruction in our lives. So that we avoid pride so that we don't actually see more negativity in our lives. Because though pride is easy for us to do, it doesn't actually bring the life that God desires and actually the, the life that we actually desire for ourselves. And so taking a look at how much, right, we dabble with pride or in some senses, and I'll just be upfront with this, I think there's probably some uh, area of our life, folks, that you and I probably fully embrace pride and we're actually okay with it. And I'm going to tell us that hopefully by the end of our time today, we can kind of review that and maybe go after going uh, uh, the opposite direction and creating some level of humility in those things. And so I think this is an important topic to talk about. And so I want you to hold that thought. We are currently in a message series here. Uh, we're doing this for another couple of weeks called All the Feels. And uh, the goal of this series is to that by the end of this series, we're talking about our feelings and our emotions, how to manage those things by the end of our, uh, our, our the series, to be able to better manage our emotions and our feelings. Uh, and today we're going to talk about how to manage our feelings and our emotions of pride to walk in through life with less prideful actions and thoughts. Um, my hope is today I give you some real practical things to walk out of the room and say, hey, I can do this better than I did when I came in, okay? And by the way, I think it's an important thing to kind of reassess in our lives. Like, you may go, gosh, I've heard, I, I think I've done messages on pride, I've heard messages on pride, but how many of you know that, that, um, that we can, history repeats itself. And so I think it's important for us to circle back to this every now and then and keep talking about this, keep it on the forefront of our minds. And so our title this morning is All the Feels Perpetual Pride. And I chose that title, Perpetual pride, uh, specifically as there seems to be, at least in my life, there seems to be so much thrown at us to be prideful with today. And so it indeed feels perpetual, at least it does in my life. Uh, but also we can, I can, perpetually give in to prideful things and to walk in pride. And a, a pattern that I would like to break that I think that we need to break in our lives uh, and can be really, really hard to do to break prideful patterns. And so our, to give us our framework for this today and some keys to escaping perpetual pride, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2. 
okay? Um, we're going to read a chunk of, uh, from the beginning of the chapter as well as tack on a couple verses from around the middle of the chapter as well, okay? So let's read this. It'll come up on the screen. Philippians 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, if any of you, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not only not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And then skip to verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will, be, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. And so a chunk of scriptures there, but in there I see a couple of keys to escaping perpetual pride, okay? Uh, and I wanna give those to you. I wanna point those out to you. Before I do, I wanna pray though, if you would pray with me so that ultimately God would do something in us as we walk through this. Let's pray. So God, we uh, come to you this morning and we, uh, we just ask for over the next several minutes as we uh, pick apart this text in Philippians 2, Ultimately, God, as we seek to, to really take a look at our own lives and the level of, of uh, places where we dabble or embrace pride, God, I pray that you would make our hearts, our souls, our minds sticky and supernatural things would stick to us, that we would be more like Jesus as a result of our time together. God, that we would be able to walk out of this place having been equipped to walk with less prideful thoughts and actions in our lives. God, that would be good. And if I just say what I have prepared, I, I think it will be kind of a waste of time. But God, if you show up and your spirit does things in us, it'll be well worth it. So change us, mold us, shape us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, two points today. You can write this first one down. Two keys to escaping perpetual pride. Escaping perpetual pride takes, number one, knowing life's more about we than me. You can fill in it. More about we than me. Now, this is the part of the text, actually, verses 3 and 4, uh, which says, again, just a reminder, in humility, value others above yourselves. And then here it is, and I underline this, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Likely, a verse that you've probably heard before, maybe even a, a verse that you could have recited. If I would have said, hey, what's Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4? You might have been able to recite it from memory because we know this, right? The, the truth of the matter is, I think this concept, we, we understand, we get in theory, right? We understand this in theory, this we over me thing, but often just doesn't play out in our lives, right? It just doesn't play out in our lives. I think a majority of the time, we are about me, about what I want to do, or what I think, or what I feel, or what I need, right? But our text says, and this is why, by the way, just side note, following Jesus is not easy. He calls us to do hard things, and th this is the hard, one of the hard things he calls us to do. Look, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, do nothing 
auto selfish ambition or vain conceit. Who can actually say you've actually withheld that text? That's a hard thing. It says do nothing. And so there seems to be a juxtaposition of the things that, that, that God calls us to do, the way we're supposed to live our lives, right, for other people, and, and oftentimes the way that it plays out in our lives, or at least in mine. Most of the time, I think for me, I can be about right here, about this guy. I'm actually thinking about telling you a story. So just even yesterday, by the way, your, pa- your pastor's not perfect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so like Lee and I, so we uh, had an opportunity to actually put together a ramp for somebody in our uh, church family yesterday. So I was, got up early, had to go do that kind of thing. Uh, the night before I'd actually uh, taken my daughters out to dinner and I left my wallet in the van and Leah took the van uh, instead of taking the other car, which I thought she was gonna take. And so, uh, I call, so it wasn't, Leah was not intentional about going, <laughs> I'm going to make Matt's life really messy today. But can I tell you something that when I called and said, Hey, is my wallet in the van? Uh, I took a position of what I needed. Now we ended up getting it worked out and my, my lovely wife is incredible. Uh, she's gracious with me, uh, those kind of things. But we ended up getting it worked out. I met her somewhere and all that kind of stuff. We figured it all out. But the, the reality is, is even yesterday, like I know this, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And yet, even with my wife, who I absolutely love and adore, probably more than any other human on the planet. And yet I was all about me in that moment, what I needed. You see, it's, there's this juxtaposition thing in what we're supposed to do and, 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 and the way we actually live our lives. And, and it actually fleshes out day to day, moment to moment, week to week, month to month, year to year, right? This, this is not something that we are devoid of, I think, as human beings. And yet this text tells us, and I'm so grateful for this text, though it is hard, this text tells us that we need to regularly flip things upside down and, and, and walk this out more we than me. So we, we, we would say, so in that moment, instead of me being mad about my wallet being in the van, I could say, hey, how can I help you to, in this moment? Because she was doing a women's conference thing and so she had some things going on, those kind of things. And I could have said, hey, how can I help you in this moment so I could also get my wallet, but also help you? But how many of you know I didn't do that? Right? I, I wanted my wallet. I needed my wallet. I needed to actually go to the store. I had all those kind of things. And I was more about what I needed, what Leah needed. And she had important things to do. Right? And so I, I, it's more about this. And so I was thinking this week for, for you, maybe it's in your context, maybe you're not married or whatever. And so maybe it's in your marriage or whatever. But I was thinking, what, what if we had this mindset of we versus me, right, in our workplace? Like with our coworkers, like we actually had this mindset with our coworkers, like it's about us. We're, how many of you know, when you go to work, you're a team, right? You're supposed to be, Right? Right, so you go have that mindset with your coworkers. Have that mindset with your boss. Some of y'all, we're gonna pray right now. We're just gonna pray. <laughs> have your mindset of that with your boss. Um, I was thinking maybe it is at home and maybe it is in your marriage or, or it's with your relationship with your kids. And I was thinking, I put wrote my notes, parents and teenagers might actually enjoy being around each other. I enjoy hanging out with my teenagers. Like seek time to be with each other, right? Spend more time together. I mean, who would not want to, to hang out with somebody? Like, if, if my children would actually be more uh, like this with me and I would be more like that with them, who wouldn't want to hang out with somebody that was like, hey, I'm always looking out for you. What do you need right now? Wouldn't you want to hang out with more people like that? I would. And so here's the reality. If we want that, folks, you know that we need to model that. 
If we want to live that, we want to receive that, then we got to model that in our lives, in our workplaces, with our relationships, with our friendships, in our home. We got to think more we than me. And so I was actually trying to find stories in scripture that might actually help us in this idea today. And and I, I thought about the story of Pharaoh in the book of Exodus. It'll come up on the screen. You can write a note on your handout if you want to. If you never read that story, please go read that in the book of Exodus. Um, and I was just thinking about this because um, in, in the story of Pharaoh in, 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 the, in the book of Exodus with the Israelites in, in the, uh, actually leaving Egypt, he, he refused to let the Israelites go. He, in that moment, he was very much about himself, what he wanted, exactly what, the way, his way, all those kind of things. He was definitely not about the we, right? And so... Uh, he, so much so, this is the craziest part of the story, so much so that, that he actually was, uh, kept walking these things out, though that there was lots of challenges that came his way because he wouldn't let them go, because he was about what he wanted rather than the entire group of people that God was calling to be freed, right? He went through lots of, lots of crazy things, like plagues and, and, and all this great challenges and all that kind of stuff. He lived out what we talked about in Proverbs chapter 16, 18, just a minute ago, where it says, right, pride goes before destruction. This dude experienced Dude's a, a biblical term, by the way. All right. So he, this guy, like he experienced destruction and destruction and destruction. Why? Because he was about what he wanted. It was about him. Read the story. And so like Pharaoh, folks, if we're just really real with ourselves, it, like Pharaoh, we can often walk out life, whether that's consciously, he was doing it consciously, because how many of you know we can be pretty selfish con- consciously? Whether that's consciously or unconsciously, we can be more focused on me and what I want rather than we and all of us in a collective group of people. And even sometimes, we can even look like this, this attitude. Take a look at this video. If I was you, I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. All right, now how many of you know that song? Okay, some of you, some of you, some of you older are like, what? Who is this guy, right? That is a song that came out a few years ago by Megan Trainer, and the, the title of the song is Me Too. And I thought about this song this week as I was working on this point, uh, because every single time I pl- I've ever played the song or we've heard the song, uh, my wife will go like this. She goes, I hate that song. And you know why she hates that song? She hates that song because of the lyric you just heard a couple of times. It's like, if I was you, I'd want to be me too. Now, it's kind of catchy. I want to dance to it a little bit. But that lyric, <laughs> man, I'm getting like tomatoes thrown at me up here today. Okay. But that lyric says, if I was you, I'd want to be me too. And so she hates the fact that that song, it just elevates this me mentality, this, this perpetual pride in me and what I need and what I want, those kind of things. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, is that, that even so much so that, that it's like, hey, it actually presses against other people to say, no, 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 not even is it about me, but, but you actually want to be me. And I know what happens, right? And if you're probably sitting there today, you're like, yeah, man, but you know, that's like, like, that's like true arrogance though. Like that's like, well, come on now. Like I'm, I'm not like that, right? But folks, if we're honest with ourselves, by the way, if you're not honest with yourself, you ought to be honest with yourself. The, the truth of the matter is folks that we, I would argue likely there's a little bit of that in us at least on some level. Had a couple thoughts. By the way, if you have social media 
at all, there likely is. If, and this one might sting a little bit, if you've ever talked to someone else about how horrible another person's marriage is, or their life is, or their financial situation is, that there is a level of me too there, right? If I was you, hey, I'd wanna be me, right? My, my marriage is better than yours. Actually, just had the thought of, my dad can beat up your dad, right? <laughs> but like, you, you're like, hey, my, uh, you, you want to be me. My marriage is better. My life is better than yours. My financial situation is better than yours. I, I know I, I've, I've been there, folks. I, I've done this. Like, like I, I actually think that my wife and I have an awesome marriage. And, and I can be real prideful about my marriage because, listen, we've been married 20 years, almost 20 years. We're going to be 20, 20 years in, in March, and we're going to Cancun, baby. All right? So we've been married, and we've been together 28 years. All right? I know some of you are doing the math. You're going, man, you're really young. And I'm like, yeah. We, we started dating when we were 14. Okay, so like I, I can look at my marriage and I can be very prideful about my marriage, but how do you know that my marriage can be messy? Because I share about it all the time. Like when I yell at my wife about taking my wallet. I, I think the reality is, is we need to be honest that, that we can, folks, like we can be uh, maritally prideful or relationally prideful or financially prideful or emotionally prideful or spirit, spiritually prideful. How many have ever been there? And yeah, here's the thing. I know that we live in a world that talks about like it's the whole doggy dog world and yeah, do whatever you got to do to get ahead and those kind of things. But the text reveals to us today that nah, there's a better way. There's a better way. You may have heard this before. I actually think this, we, we've used this on the stage before as well, but there's an old Af- African proverb that says this. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I love that proverb because the truth is, is that it, it doesn't mean that you can't get somewhere in life. You're going to still get somewhere. Leave it up there for just a minute if you would, right? It doesn't mean that you won't get somewhere in life. You get somewhere. But you want to go farther than that? Go with a group of people. Be we focused, not me focused. Easy to do? No. Important to do? Absolutely. Absolutely important to do. Now, before I move on from this point, I do think that there's... Um, uh, an important distinction that we got to make today, uh, and because I think you could walk out and then just feel like, you know, oh, like I'm never supposed to have like a sense of accomplishment. There is a, a, a good side of pride, folks. And, and as we were working on the, the message series and the, the, the teaching team, this kind of came up and we had a great discussion about this. And I wanted to kind of flesh that out today is that there, there is a difference in value knowing that there is a, a difference in pride, a sense of accomplishment. And, and, and this, cause the truth of the matter is that we can have a sense of accomplishment, okay, uh, while valuing other people. Okay, and not be conceited or vain. Okay, it, uh, the, the key is is whether or not we're taking advantage of other people. Okay, it says in verses uh, five and six of the text. It says, "In your relationships with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be." And then here it is, to be used to His own advantage. And so we can have a sense of accomplishment and, and, and pride in something that, that we've done, and it not be on the wrong, wrong side of pride if. In the process, right, we still value other people. We're not conceited, right, which, let's be honest, we, we know when we're being conceited, don't we? So you may have, a, I made a list of things, you may have a, a, a get a good grade on a test that students ever, that, that you studied like crazy for. Man, you have a sense of accomplishment, way to go. 
You finish a major house project, you accomplish something at work, you get through therapy, a celebrate recovery step study, you pay off debt, and the list could go on and on and on and on, right? But you have a sense of accomplishment, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? You've worked hard. But the key is, is valuing others who may have helped you get there. Valuing your teacher who helped you study. Valuing your, your boss who actually put up the money so you could actually do the project, right? I keep talking about bosses. Some of y'all are gonna pray for your bosses later, I guess, right? Like you, you, you value those people or you, uh, you, didn't, you didn't step on somebody to get there, right? Or, or you didn't flaunt your accomplishment, right? And in verse three of the text, it actually says this. It says, rather in humility, value others above yourself. And so we can have a sense of common pride in something that we've done, not be on the wrong side of pride, if we're humble and still valuing other people. Does that make sense? Give me a head nod if you're tra- tracking me this morning, okay? And so I was thinking about this, like, you know, like we, uh, this last May, we just had our third year anniversary of being a church. This is super exciting. And so I'm so grateful uh, that, uh, that we were able to plant Cornerstone and start in those. And, but here's the thing. Like though God has planted things in me and, and in Leah to be the people who lead this place and all that kind of stuff, I, I, am, I am not naive enough to think that we could have done it just because we're that great. Like we just did some numbers. We have 62% of you are serving in the church. By the way, healthy churches are somewhere between 40 and 50. Yeah. So the reality is, is that the only reason this thing is successful is because of you. Because you're doing stuff, because you're seeing the kingdom things, then you're trying to forcefully advance the kingdom. And, and so I think that the reality is, is that as I was looking at that, I was like, God, I'm so thankful for the we mentality of this church, and it's not about me. And by the way, my, when Elijah says amen, and my mom says amen to about me being a little bit of a mess, it's, by the way, I'm okay with that. Because I am not perfect. Yeah. James, you can just come up and pray. You know. But do you know what? I, I think you catch, you catch what I'm saying, folks. We, it, this whole thing is we. It is us, not just me. And I'm so grateful for that. And so that's our point one today. Escaping perpetual pride takes knowing life more about we than me. Second thing, you write this in. Per, escaping perpetual pride takes perpetual acts of service. Perpetual acts of service. Um, so we see this in verses five through seven of the text. And Paul, who's the writer of Philippians, in the midst of this discussion, I find this really cool. He points to Jesus, the example of how to pull this escape thing off. Living less prideful. He says this referring to Jesus. He says, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the, and then I know this, the very nature of a servant. And so here's what, here's what Paul's saying. Paul said, hey, y'all, be like Jesus. He said, be like Jesus and perpetually serve. You wanna live a life pulling off, not living in perpetual pride? Launch a counterattack and serve your tail off. Serve people wherever you are. Just as Jesus did. Roger, look at this. First John chapter two, verse six says, whoever claims to live in him must what? Live as Jesus did. You, you want to claim to be a follower of Christ? You want to walk this thing out? Then do what he did and he serve your tail off wherever you are. Which of you don't know, by the way, this whole acts of service thing, it's actually one of the five love languages. Do you guys know the five love languages, right? And the five love languages, along with acts of service, is words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, physical touch. One of these five love languages, and in each human needs all five love languages to feel really loved. 
But some need more acts of service than others to truly feel loved, and some actually give it more than others, those kind of things. And so I was actually thinking this week, uh, some of you guys might know this about my wife, but my wife, Leah, she's an acts of service giver. Like, this is what she does. Like, God has gifted her with gifts of hospitality, and those kind of things are spiritual gifting of hers, right? And, and so, so Leah, um, uh, acts of service come very naturally to her. And by the way, I, for me to feel super loved, uh, acts of service, because my mom did this to me. She, uh, she's very much like this as well, right? For me to feel really loved, like, I just get these acts of service things. It's part of the ways that I feel loved. And so I was thinking about Leah this week. Um, and though Leah wrestles with pride... Can I say that? I think, at least from my vantage point, she, she, she wrestles with it less than most. Though she struggles with pride, she, since she, we walked through this, she actually heard me talk about this stuff. She gave me permission to talk about her, okay? All that stuff. Though, though, she, though she wrestles with the pride, I think because it's natural, a little bit natural for her to do act of service, she struggles less than most people that I know with pride. Now, she did say, she actually made me, made me put this in. <laughs> she said, Though that this week she said that she can sometimes become prideful too because if she's not careful, she'll seek acknowledgement for her service. And so I think that there's something to this perpetual acts of service thing, though overall it is quite uh, difficult. I think that it can be an antidote for perpetual pride because what it does, it takes our natural bent to be about me and it turns it around and points it to other people and makes me about more, more, than other, more for other people. And so this week, as I was thinking about this, trying to come up with a practical example uh, of how we kind of flesh this out, maybe make it more tangible for us, I, I actually had an, uh, an image pop into my mind, and the image was of this guy. <laughs> right? Which, some of you laugh, because you know that this guy is, right, Wesley from The Princess Bride. If you've never seen this movie, then you are missing out, okay? Go, go this afternoon, watch The Princess Bride, okay? But, but, but Wesley, right, was, was uh, his... Uh, his catchphrase, some of you know it, say it with me, was what? As you wish. Right? As you wish. And so he would say that to buttercup his love and his print the princess and all those kinds of things. And so that I'm not talking about lovey-dovey kind of that stuff today, but, but I love that what he was doing is that fictionally he was modeling this acts of service, which made him a pretty memorable guy. It's the reason why you know him and why you know as you wish. Right? I also thought about Jesus. I thought about Jesus in John chapter 13 and a particular act of service he did with his disciples. Take a look. It says this in John chapter 13. It says the evening, uh, the evening meal was in progress and Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Quite an act of service. Like this week, I was like, I was thinking, man, he just washed the grimy, dirty feet. Remember, they didn't have Nikes back then. Right? He just washed the, the dirty, grimy feet of those that he was the leader of. By the way, I had this in my notes too. How many of you know that leaders can struggle with pride in their position? And yet Jesus goes and he washes the grimy, dirty feet, probably filled with all kinds of things that you can even think of, imagine, that are on those feet with his disciples. He modeled an act of service for us to follow. And actually says, right, he said, in verse 15, it said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. 
There's something to this. And, and then we look at um, Proverbs chapter 27, verse two. It says this, it says, let someone else praise you and not your own mouth. An outsider and not your own lips. Look, if we try and, and be to be more like Wesley, right? Or, and really, let's be honest about uh, more like Jesus. Here's the, leave that, leave that verse up there for just a minute, would you? If we can be more like Wesley and as you wish and, and really more like Jesus, you know what's gonna happen? The truth, and pe- truth is people will start to talk. They'll start to talk about you and not in a bad way. I mean, you, I'm looking around the room. There are some people in here. Uh, I, I look at Terry Burke back there. Sorry, Terry, I'm gonna call you out today. How many of you know that Terry, Terry's a guy who will give you the shirt off his back? And though Terry just went through a really tough season and is going through a tough season of life, Terry, I'm about ready to cry. We now get to pay that back to that man. Why is it so easy to do for Terry? Because he, he just, he just wants, he said, as you wish. I think Terry is an example right now in our church, folks, of people who say, as you wish, as you wish, as you wish. Terry, I love you. That was not in my notes, Terry. You see, I think what happens is we need to embody, folks, this this perspective of of Jesus here more and more and more and just be willing to serve. And what's going to happen is when we serve, you know what they're going to see? I love the fact that I can see that in Terry, but you know what? I'm not even seeing Terry. I'm seeing Jesus. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me this morning. This is a really, really challenging thing to do in our lives. And... um, to this to be more of a default for us to serve. I, I, I get that we live in 2022 and we live in America and all this kind of stuff and whatever. So I know it's hard. I know this is not easy. I'm, I'm talking about something that is not, I'm not gonna like, oh, well, Matt, just I find it so easy to do. It's not easy, okay? And then it actually made me think of a story uh, in uh, uh, that Jesus had an interaction with uh, a young man. It was the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19. And, and though there's a difference in the story, I think we can kind of see a correlation here. It says in Matthew 19, verse 21 and 22, it says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And then verse 22 says, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And the reason I thought about this, this particular scripture this week in the context of this is because that was hard, a hard thing to do for a rich guy, right? It was a hard thing to do for a rich guy to say, hey, why don't you go sell everything and then you can come. Hey, do all that so you can serve everybody else and then you can come and follow me, right? And the, the truth is, folks, it is hard for us, like it is for the rich guy to do that. It is hard for us who are busy people to perpetually serve. And it was way easier. It was way easier for that guy to walk away and it just be easier for us, folks, to just be worried about our stuff, ourselves, what we want, what we need, what we feel, what we think and all that. But again, we are called by God to do hard things. And I want to be a church, folks, that we will together do hard things together. I want to do hard things together. And what, here's what I want to do. And I want in my life, I want to decide, I don't want to decide that it is what it is and just keep, just, just walk in my own path. I want to walk in righteousness with a holy God. Amen. And I want that for you. Which made me, and by the way, I, I want to do that perpetually, not just every now and then. And so, um, I want to close with this today. Um, Tyler's going to come and play the, the keys. Um, but it, 
this is what it made me think of this week of, of that concept into a challenge for us this week. And you can actually write this on your handout today. This is what I'm going to call the as you wish challenge. Giving you the as you wish challenge today. Okay? And um, which basically my challenge for you this week and for me and for us is that we would this week think of um, where we are being prideful. Figuring out, maybe if it's at home, maybe it's at work, maybe at school, maybe it's while we're driving, uh, maybe it's at the grocery store, where we decide, uh, I want us to decide where we will implement this as you was challenged today, this week, and it could just be one area, but it could be multiple areas, but you're going to decide where, maybe you have a bent towards being prideful and with certain people or with, in certain situations, those kind of things, and you're going to figure out this week. In that situation, with that person, you're going to figure out how you can serve instead. I want to figure out where I can serve instead. And I want it to be something really practical. Like, so, like, I know, like, you're like, oh, well, just work is just always tough. I'm going to be better at work. Get specific with the As You Wish Challenge. If it's like, it's, it's with Todd in finance. Or it's, it's with uh, my brother or it's with my spouse, or it's with wherever you have a place where you go, yeah, I, I, I've got to be honest with myself. I'm struggling with pride there. If that's where you are, right, then I would, I would encourage you to figure out a place in a way, a tangible way that you can serve this week. Almost shock that person, shock that culture and that environment that you're going to serve in such a way that they're going to go, dude, what's wrong with you? It's because God is peeling off the levels of pride out of your life. And sometimes I wrote in my notes is that it would be officially launching the counterattack on pride and see what happens. See what happens. Here's my guess. Can I tell you what? I think? If you actually do this, if we do this, folks, you know, here's my guess. We'll see a difference. We will. When we make an attempt to be different, we may not get be perfect, but we'll see a difference. Maybe this week you can see slices and, and leaps and bounds of differences of pride in your life. And that's what my thought process was this week. I think it'd be interesting to find out. So here's why I, I know sometimes I put these challenges out there and you guys are like, oh yeah, whatever. Don't do that. Like, go after it this week. See what God will do. See what God will do. So that'll end our second point. Escaping perpetual pride takes perpetual acts of service. With that, here's how we're gonna close today. Uh, Ellie, you can go and bring the lights down if you would. Um, I'm just going to have this. I just really felt like I was going to try to figure out like maybe having people come up and pray and whatever, those kind of things. And I just really felt like the Lord said, hey, why don't you give people a couple of minutes just to pray and confess their own areas of pride to me? So I'm going to give you that. I'm just going to just get comfortable in your seat. We're going to, we've got two minutes. I'm just going to give you two minutes and just talk to God. Be honest in the areas of that, you're, that you have been prideful this last week, this last month, this last year, or the things that you have bent towards being prideful in. Talk to God about that. Confess those things to God. And then ultimately go, go, go at, to work and figure out where you might serve in those places. Okay? Maybe he can actually reveal something to you. So here's I'm going to sit right here on the step, and I'm going to pray about my stuff. And then I'm just going to let Todd just going to play, and then uh, we'll end. I'll kind of close us all out here in just a minute. Okay? So just close your eyes, bow your head if you want to. Just talk to God about where you need to confess pride. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.